Today on episode 49 of the Home of Play podcast, Sony's Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart gets its launch date, PS5 DualSense controller causing drift issues, and Epic's MetaHuman creator is creating high-fidelity human models. All that and more. Hey everybody, let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Home of Play podcast, episode 49. Where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in the PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast, so we don't include any of that bias or paid-for opinion stuff you don't need here. Because of this, that allows me to bring you the PlayStation news you need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by visiting our YouTube channel, which can be found by searching The Home of Play Podcast. Once there, please feel free to hit the subscribe button. Maybe even give us a like on the video should the spirit move you. Winky wink face. If you are already hearing our beautiful voices through the magic of our YouTube channel, then guess what? We are a podcast, and that means you can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we are growing, and it's all because of you lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints we want to hear from you, please leave any of those on our YouTube videos, and we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss what metahumans we want to create. On today's episode, we have nine news articles to discuss, but first, as always, let us begin with what we've been up to this last week, starting with the only other person here, Chris. Woo! Um, I haven't been up to too much on the console this week. Uh, lots of PC gaming for me. Uh, I picked up two games because Steam is having a sale right now. Uh, I repurchased uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake, because I like the game so much and I wanted to see how mm. it looked on PC. And it does look fantastic. Um, kind of speed running it because it's once you know the game, you just know it, right? You know where everything is. So, but I'm taking my taking my time grabbing everything, the vacuum cleaner method. So, uh, and then I also picked up uh, Total War, uh, the Three Kingdoms game. Uh, recently, I think it was last weekend, I was playing an older Total War game, uh, Shogun Two, and I liked it. Uh, I was playing with a buddy. It was pretty fun. I'm not a big Total War guy by any means, but uh, I'm like, I, I like the lore of the Three Kingdoms, the tons of Dynasty Warriors and stuff like that. So I love all that stuff. So I picked it up. Uh, I only just turned it on and set the settings. I didn't actually get the chance to try it yet, but I'm looking forward to getting into that. Uh, and then for some reason, I'm just in a tactical mood. So I've been playing XCOM Chimera Squad. Um, I'm... Not happy to say that the game still has way too many bugs. Um, the gameplay is fun and everything. I really enjoy it. I'm almost at the end of my second playthrough already. Uh, but uh, it's just so buggy. The game crashes um, an, an okay amount. Um, there's bugs where it's like your character will be floating sometimes. Like he'll run to like use a wall for cover, but then he floats above it. He still gets the benefit of the cover, but it just looks stupid. And then I had an issue where actually it was just before uh, we started recording this. It was a guy used a psychic suplex on me. So it lifts you up into the sky and smashes you in the ground, except he lifted me up into the sky and then didn't smash me into the ground. And then I could still move my character around while he's floating in the sky and like punching people and stuff. So it was hilarious. But uh, as far as the game play works, it's fun. It's a good tactics game. Uh, I'm enjoying that. And then uh, a whole bunch of us uh, are planning on starting that uh, new early access game that came out, Valheim. Uh, we've been tinkering around with it, having a lot of fun with it. Lots of big streamers are playing that right now. Uh, it, it's good. Uh, I mean, it's, the graphics are average for that type of style, if you compare it to Minecraft anyway or something like that. But it's fun. It seems like a good group game. We want to just build a big settlement and stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're actually planning on starting our own dedicated server so a couple of us can join and it's gonna be fun i think we most of us all booked monday off to play it so we're looking forward to starting a new fresh fresh game on that so that's pretty much been my week just yeah farting around not much not much else going on right now so how about yourself steve played any more final fantasy Oh, you know, that's about all I've been playing. Uh, 
you know, like I love to do, I'm in the first 10 hours of the story and I'm probably, I got all my characters level 50 now. Nice. <laughs> did, so, did you do um, that cheat though? Where you like, you said you could have it do infinite combat and you just, did you try doing that? Uh, yeah, I think they refer to it. Uh, I looked it up more. It's like, I think they're calling it away from keyboard kind of grinding. grinding now, yeah. But, uh, I actually didn't. Okay. I found a cool little area that uh, if you clear the area of the normal monsters, all of a sudden like really strong uh, black skeletons start appearing and they just give you stupid amounts of experience for that part of the story. Hmm. So it's a little hard at the start, but like once my stronger characters kind of got like settled and I tweaked the, the gambit system so they would survive... Uh, it just slowly got easier and easier as we kept leveling. So I literally, I was, I think everyone was level 30 when I first entered that area and I didn't leave until everyone's level 50 because, you know, hours of grinding is somehow entertaining to me. So yeah, I got them really strong and now I'm OP again. I started doing some, uh, trying to progress the story as well. And yeah, I'm just destroying stuff. And I don't know, that's just the way I like to play those games. I know some people... They're more like for the challenge. And I'm like, well, no, like the challenge was me grinding and tweaking my comp, like the gambit system, getting, changing people's gear. Like, you know, I like the system where because they can have the two jobs, like I can have a white mage with like heavy armor now, like just because I also paired her with something that'd give her heavy armor. So now I have a mage that's actually probably my second top DPS, but she also just heals and keeps us alive. <laughs> Nice. So I'm like, I, I like that kind of freedom. Uh, so that was fun. And then uh, very, very briefly, I finally got a little bit more near Autonoma in. So uh, can't really say again if I love it or not, but I, I do think I am liking it. Uh, I'm just going to give it more time. Uh, I, I think the music's fine. I, I like the like the theme of it. Like, you know, it looks acceptable to me like it's not the best graphics but just the the art style they went with is cool and so far the story's interesting i want to see where that goes and i don't know I, I had no expectations i didn't know what this game really was i just knew everyone talked about it for a long time and i always meant to check it out but it always seemed too expensive at the time um it's definitely it's definitely on my list of something i want to try yeah and then they got the other one coming out soon too so i'm like well maybe if i actually get serious about this one i can Look at the next one and then going on to like things that were too expensive. Uh, well, and maybe even tactical. So this might be something to do with you. I just noticed PlayStation has um, a deal on in the store. I think it's uh, popular in Japan or something to that line. I can't remember what they named it. But I noticed the uh, 13 Sentinels you were talking about is oh, right, 50% yeah. off right now. Yeah. So I still think it's too much for that game, just from what I've seen and like the basic combat, uh, almost no graphical element to the combat. I think it's a, still a little too much for me, but I just figured I'd mention it to you, Chris, because you were talking about it. So you want to pick it up at half price? Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Because I, I keep hearing it has a good story. I, I do want to experience it at some point. I just, I still think it's just for that type of game, from what I'm seeing, I, I can't justify even 50% of full price on that one. Is it like, a, was it still full price on the store? And then like half price? Yeah. That? Yeah. So yeah, it's half price of the full price. Okay. So mm. Those, like, like you mentioned two of them today, but this one was on my radar for a while. The 13 Sentinels one, uh, that other one that you were talking about earlier, um, near Automata was always on my list. Kind of, you know, it's like, I keep my eye on it. And then that other one that we saw during that one show, that disco Elysium, the complete edition, that one mm -hmm. kind of interests me because I like the tactic style combat games. So I'm going to have to keep an eye out. But yeah, this one being on sale, I'm going to see and just look if they're working on like a PS5 version or if there's any news on it. So is that everything for you? Uh, yeah, that's about everything for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. Probably still do more Fall Fantasy. It's a good week. I can't promise anything. It's a good week. Okay, so that sounds like that is everything for our week. So guess what? We're moving on to the, the news. news. So we're going to start with article number one. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart launches this June. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. There's been a new drop. Uh, looks like the same trailer, but with a little extra information. And that information, of course, is the release date. Okay, so the new release date is June 11th, the Friday. 
Uh, we have a lot to look forward to. I'm very happy that we're getting a game, you know, early summer, if you will. Uh, it's always nice to have something in between because I feel like all the games, you know, it's early. There's always big breaks, and I feel like June's one of them usually. You know, especially even this year, right? Like how many games are coming out March and May, right? Yeah. And then you'll have nothing until fall. And I'm like, nope, rift apart. It's coming to save us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. So is this a day one purchase for you? Uh, I've actually never played a Ratchet and Clank game. I think I'm in the same boat. I think I played it at like a buddy's place or something. I don't think I've ever, I definitely haven't owned any of them. I'm not like I'm not against Ratchet and Clank. I'm just not a platformer guy. Uh, I've rarely, you know, since I was a child, and I kind of strayed away from Nintendo for that reason. I just I'm not interested in Mario platformers. Uh, even Curtis was talking about um, ukulele. It's just not my thing. Uh, this one though, I mean, I guess Ratchet and Clank. It's hard to say it's just a platformer. It's a little different. Um, but this one. I like that it looks like it's actually going to be using the PS5. Like, you know, this is actually, I'm pretty sure technically the first, well, other than Demon Souls, like really, it's only PS5. Yeah. There is no PS4 version of this. Um, it needs the PS5 to do the rift changes like in, on a dime, right? Um, yeah, I guess I'd be interested to check this out. I feel like I need to see more. I feel like you know, that's kind of what you say all the time. So I'm going to use that this time and say, yeah, like, let me see a little bit more. Um, and then, yeah, I might try it out. It depends. Like, if it's a slow June, like I think it's going to be, like, you know, depending on how much stuff I'm backlogged, if I'm backlogged at all, uh, it, it could break me and just be like, yeah, okay, I'll try it. Like, if you're telling me it's straight PS5, it's probably going to look gorgeous. It's going to run. I, I trust Insomniac. It's going to run good. That's my natural state now. I always have a backlog. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. Uh yeah. Is this your first like is this a day one for you at all? Um my so no. It doesn't interest me. Uh like like we said I'm not I was never a Ratchet Clank guy. The only reason it does interest me is like I just want to see the full power of the PS5 to be honest. That's I just want to see that. But I I don't think this is something I'm going to pick up. Maybe if it, get, if it gets cheap at some point. I I have yeah, I don't have a lot of interest in this one. I, I respect it for what it is. I know it's a big series, but it it just doesn't interest me apart from wanting to actually see it being used on a PS5. Yeah, I, I did. I do think I checked out the movie, and I, I didn't really get it either. Like I watched it, I'm like, okay, like that was something. Yeah, but like I I just I have a hard time getting the lore of that. Like, and maybe that's just me and like cartoony robot this and that maybe that's why i don't like borderlands either like i know a lot of people love claptrap and i'm just like okay like he's not that funny you know it's yeah. just like a another snarky robot like you know star wars has never had a snarky robot ever yeah. <laughs> like i'm hoping at that like time frame june 11th i'm hoping if i'm not distracted which i very tend to do uh i will be deep in mass effect the remaster Oh, yes, I forgot about that. It was also in the uh, big dump that we're getting between March and May. Yeah, that's a month before this release date. So, uh, and that's, if I was hardcore into it and that's all I was playing, I don't know if that would even be enough time to get through all three Mass Effects. Probably not. I mean, if that's all I was doing, but you guys know me, I'm so distracted, so... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what I'll be playing either. Uh, it's Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard one to call. I mean, hell, I might be still playing Fallen Fantasy 12 grinding <laughs> grind into the 99. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. But anyway, we move on to number two. Uh, this one comes from Game Industry Biz. And uh, I believe it's your story, Chris. I'll let you take it. So Warner Brothers finally secures the patent for the Shadow Mortars Nemesis system. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment has been issued a patent for the Nemesis AI system found in Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and its secret. IGN reports the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office released an issue notice last week. According to IGN, the patent protects the Nemesis characters, Nemesis forts, social vendettas, and followers in computer games. 
This encompasses a hierarchy of procedurally generated NPCs that interact with and remember the player's actions. The patent also covers changes to the NPC's positions in the hierarchy, as well as their appearance and behavior, again, based on the actions of the player. Finally, it includes the social conquest battles from the 2017 sequel, Shadow of War, which allowed players to use these NPCs to defend their own strongholds and attack those of other players. The patent will go into effect on February 23rd, and providing they continue paying the fees, could be maintained until 2035. So what are you thinking about this? I'm like, it's a cool system. It's definitely relatively unique in my mind. But to, I feel like this is just putting restrictions on developers. And it's like someone might want to take that system and could do it better. Because there's always ways to improve it. But because of this patent, they're not going to be able to do that. And I feel like... Uh, Warner Brothers is just going to be pumping out the games with this exact same system and not modifying it. It's like it's like the Ubisoft formula. Like, look at almost all Ubisoft games. They're pretty much the same formula. Open world game where you unlock districts or viewpoints. It's just the formula, you know? So uh, how, how do you feel about this? Okay, so I don't know, there's, a, there's a lot here to unpack. I believe I did a little extra research and from what I can tell, this patent is so uh, detail-oriented that it sounds, from what I can tell from other people that are smarter than me, that, like, this is easy to work around. Like, really, you'd have to be very specific in copying their code and, like, how they did things exactly to really affect this patent at all okay. and, like, be called out for it. So... It doesn't really seem like it does much anyway. And then like right away, I would jump into like, this feels like shitty. I don't like the idea of patenting gameplay, especially when you're talking about a game that kind of steals a lot of like gameplay elements from other games. Like like the Battle Systems Arkham. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say it's directly Assassin's Creed, but the climbing's kind of Assassin's Creed, right? Um... I guess that's kind of generic, but yeah, just everything else about it other than the nemesis system feels borrowed. So then for you to take the one thing that you did yourself and be like, no one else can have me. Mine. And then it, that brings up even more questions. Cause then to me, you know, this game's what? Seven years old, maybe more. Maybe the sequel's only five or four years old, but like, what have you done since then with this system? Like nothing. So then I'm like, is this just like a placeholder? So when you think people are like hungry for that content again, like you can make a sequel and you don't have to compete with someone. But then in this whole time since the first one, who else has really tried to use this system? Mm. So there's a lot to me where I'm like, what was the point? <laughs> like none of this has a direct like answer to come across and be like, oh, okay, you did it because you, a lot of people were making this game. Well, no, nobody was making this game. Oh, okay. Well, you did it to make sure no one could in the future. Well, no, it's so specific that people could just take certain pieces and it'd be fine. Uh, so yeah, I just think maybe they're just trying to make sure that there's a market for the sequel when they're eventually ready to make it. That That's the only thing I can come across here. Otherwise, it just seems like, yeah, it's just a dumb thing to do well and it seems like they put money involved into it because it's like i thought i thought i read that they had a first set of lawyers that were working on it and they weren't being successful so they brought in like a higher tier level of <laughs> lawyers to just like yeah let's get this through we want this let's lock this down i'll give them credit it's a it's an interesting system it's kind of fun when like an enemy kills you and then they're like I already killed you. How are you coming back? Or like that. It's, it's, it's definitely unique by uh, yeah. any means, but. Oh, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought uh, it's one of those games. I love to play where you start weak, but by the end you, you feel like a God. Yeah. Uh, I just remember uh, at the start or early on in the first game, being terrified of this arena because there's so many people around. And then by the end of the game, I intentionally went to the arena. I killed like a hundred people in a row. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. The second one kind of ruined that. Like, they just come up with people near the end game that were, like, immune to everything. And I'm like, okay, like, he can only be hurt by me shooting barrels. Like, you know how long this is going to take to kill this guy? Uh, so, yeah, the second one, not so well. But the first one, yeah, I really liked. I thought it was an interesting uh, system. Like, you know, you can see through the cracks after enough gameplay where you're like, okay, like, 
this guy. I mean, most of the time when they showed up and they're like, you tried to kill me. And I'm like, I don't remember you. Yeah. Like, you're not you unique enough. Special. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, it's great that you have like a, a scar or like your face has like I'm a plate I'm glad I made an impression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, remember when I cut off your head? Uh, but yeah, no, other than that, it's great. Uh, moving on to more games, though. We got number three, Ubisoft moving away from reliance on AAA releases. This one comes from IGN. Ubisoft doesn't want to be reliant on AAA game releases as it has in the past and will instead look more closely at free-to-play games and its back catalog to make money. In an earnings call following the company's Q3 financial results, the publisher said that it plans for fiscal 2022, the period of April 2021 to March 2022, includes three AAA game releases, but that in the future, Ubisoft didn't want AAA games to be the focus of its business model. This is quotes, we said for a number of years that our normal template is to come with either three or four AAA games, so we'll stick with that plan for fiscal 2022, said CFO Frederick Duggett. I hope I'm not messing that up too much. But we see that we are progressively, continuously moving from the model that used to be only focused on AAA releases to a model where we have a combination of strong releases from AAA and strong back catalog dynamics, but also complementing our program of new releases with free-to-play and other premium experiences. In fiscal 2022, we will continue our evolution from AAA release-centric models toward a model where AAA stands alongside new premium and free-to-play innovative experiences across platforms. Duggett said, these diverse experiences will feed on each other through complementary gameplay and business models. Notably, there wasn't a single mention of call about Ubisoft free-to-play Battle Royale Hyperscape, which flopped tremendously at launch and is currently undergoing an overhaul. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That sounds weird uh, because at the same time, they also in the same call talked about how they have hands down had the highest quarterly sales that they've ever had in the company's history. <laughs> how does that strike you, Chris? Yeah, I mean... It's scary because, I mean, like is mentioned here, the, the, the free game Hyperscape was, uh, I don't want to say god-awful. I tried it. I was like, okay, this is not anything special. And I, and I like most Battle Royale type of games, but that was a quick uninstall for me. And then they went and <laughs> later on, they were actually paying people to play the game. Did you see that? No. No, they were actually giving like a... I think it was like a $10 or $20 or something coupon for their store. If you would play hyperscape. <laughs> so it's oh like, my God. it, I don't know. The, the, this scares me because it just feels like we're going to end up getting more mobile games or uh, free to play games with tons of uh, microtransactions. Uh, yeah. And like you just said, they're making plenty of money right now as is with their AAA titles. I, I, I want them to not go don't le- please don't lean into that model. Like I, I I'm just scared when they say these premium experiences and it's like eh. premium means we're paying more to experience cosmetics and shit like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like most of Ubisoft's AAA titles, uh even the bad ones. Uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, you guys are doing good as is right now. Why do you need to change it up is what I'm wondering. Well, and exactly. Like I can go into further detail, but even like Valhalla is actually apparently in the same time frame as Odyssey, they're seeing twice as many concurrent players. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. Like I just, it sounds like you're doing better than ever. Your sales are higher than ever. You're breaking company records why are you against AAA releases? Like, it just... If anything, improve upon them. Like, look at Watch Dogs. That's technically a AAA title. And it's just not good. And I'm mm-hmm. hearing things now that there's they're going to be releasing DLC. And it's going to actually add things to do in the game. But it's like, maybe take people off the smaller projects. Add them to the bigger projects. And just improve upon what you already have. Yeah, like, I, yeah, it's, I'm worried like you are, because it's like, I don't care about Skull and Bones, uh, not that they're even talking about it, because that's been such a catastrophe, um, you know, I didn't try Immortal Phoenix Rising. It's fun. 
I, I don't have much interest in it just because it just doesn't seem like my style. Um, I, I thought Watch Dogs Legion was bad. So, yeah, like you're not hitting it with every AAA, and I get the AAAs are expensive, so maybe they think more money could be made making these. And I, this sounds really negative, but like these cheaper, lower-budget games. And then, like you said, you throw it... You, you, get this a premium experience. You tack on some more microtransactions while with the lower budget, more microtransactions, suddenly you're making more money. And I get that's how companies like to do it. Uh, you know, invest as little as you can, but maximize profit. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, for us, the gamer, I'm like, I don't want that. Uh, maybe I'm just being a selfish child, but I like my triple a games. It's primary. It's the, Majority of what I actually play is AAA games. And I guess it maybe in their eyes, it's like, well, we don't need to make better quality AAA games because everybody's going out and buying them already anyway. So maybe maybe that's where... But in my eyes, I'm like, make a really good game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is a really good game. But there's the controversy that's going on right now about how I think there's like nine armor sets in the game and there's already more paid microtransaction armor sets for the game like wh where's the sh what's that shit what is that you should have like i don't know every game's different but you should have at least there should be more in-game content than dlc or microtransaction content at least within the first year of the game's release yeah like now you're already over not double but more than what's already in the game like come on that that's the shit that's just i remember playing older games and then i know older games aren't your cup of tea but i remember playing games like um time splitters future perfect and it's like the game had like 150 characters you can unlock by doing things and it was just like where are the games where you could just unlock things by playing the game and how many hours did we play on those games hundreds of hours on those games i'm not spending that much time on these games because there's less to go for like Destiny One, that was a game that we played a shit ton because it was always try to it was always fun to try and collect those exotic that exotic gear that you just you didn't have yet. You wanted to get it, add it to your set just to say, I'm completing the set. Yeah, it's, this is great. I mean it might be a shitty weapon, but but it, it had that allure to it where you get Assassin's Creed and it's like nine armor sets and then the, you just pay money for the others. Ah, and I think of those nine armor sets, I think one of them was like, what was it? Altair's suit? Or it was like just a, and like some mm. of them were, I think you play uh, store like credit yeah. suits. It's like, what is that shit? Come on, guys. Well, it's just like how they also love to do it. But after the reviews are done, after people have already purchased it, it's like, hey, throw in the experience multiplier uh, microtransaction as well. Well, why is that necessary? Yeah. You know, if your game was made fairly and it progresses naturally, why would anyone need to buy that? Oh, well, they don't they don't need to buy it. We didn't make it like that. It's just if you want to get through it faster, I'm like, because you're bumping levels. Like I've noticed this origin. I never had a level issue. Uh, and like, don't get me wrong. I never felt like I had to clear everything. Odyssey was noticeably the point where they were intentionally putting three to four level gaps between missions. And I'm like, okay, by my rough math of like just blank ex exploration, it was taking me about two hours to gain a level. So I'm like between story missions, you want me to do like six to eight hours of like random stuff before I can even progress the main story. Right. Like that seems like you want me to pay for that microtransaction. Valhalla wasn't as bad, but it felt it sometimes. I was like, Okay, I really have to clear this stuff. Like, if I had no interest in side stuff, there's no way I could beat this game. Mm -hmm. and, and and you're also, it's not, it is sort of pay to win for the Valhalla game because you're buying exotic weapons that have crazy abilities, right? Yeah. Store items, microtransactions should be cosmetic only. So, like, the in game should have 30 different armor sets and 30 different weapons. And if you want to change the look of the blade, then make people pay for it or something like that. Oh, I'm with you. You know, it's like cyberpunk. Like we love to shoot on cyberpunk here, but really like at least there's sets in that thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like cosmetic items yeah. and they're all in the game. I don't think I paid for a single thing on that one, yeah. but I would say going with your logic, watchdogs was the same way. I found 
there's everything that actually looked good or was neat clothing wise was everything I had to buy. Though I would argue that had a lot more free stuff than, you know, Valhalla. Yeah. Well, the problem with that game is every single mission you had, you would just hack from the outside and not even have to go in the building. <laughs> yeah. So, that was how I played that game. Hack remote, hack the building. At, oh, I got to actually get in the building. Okay. I'll send the spider robot. Uh, I won the game. Yeah. Only the story missions where they're like, we, we're going to force you to have a gunfight. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not using a person. Like, this ruins the whole thing about you saying I could play as anyone. Well, if I have a, a cyber hacker, they're not good with guns. Mm. Why are you making me do this? Yeah. Uh, we're moving on to number four. This one comes from Destructoid. PS5 DualSense Drift issue could be leading to class action lawsuit. There have been recent reports of a manufacturing fault in regards to Sony's new PS5 hardware, specifically its sleek DualSense controller. Multiple players have been reporting cases of notorious drift issues, whereby the controller thumbsticks register movement whilst remaining sat in a neutral position. With some PS5 owners telling Kotaku that the problem arose mere days after purchasing the new console. A U.S. law firm has stepped into the situation, announcing that it is beginning an investigation of the complaints with an eye to filing a class action lawsuit against Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, this article kind of goes on for a while. It's a good read if you want to check it out. Like we already said, it's on Destructoid. Uh, but I think we kind of said everything you need to know. Uh, there's been a lot of like controversy with just the drift problem. Mainly, I, I think I've heard about it the most with the Joy-Con controllers. Uh, but I do know this year there's also been some uh, lawsuits filed against Microsoft as well. Uh, I think with the Elite controllers, if I'm not mistaken. That rings a bell. Uh, so it's just it just seems that this is the trend now. Let's uh, any any controller that breaks, let's sue. Yeah. Uh, I just think. Don't get me wrong. I'm one of those that sees the Dual Sense and I'm like, ooh, like I don't even like the triggers because I'm scared, like I'm breaking something. I don't know if you have that same feeling. Sometimes Chris, but, uh, there's there's a couple games where you're pulling back a bow and it's fighting back, and I'm like, am I supposed to push harder? Am I not supposed yeah. to push harder? Do I push through this 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 feedback? I'm I'm worried I'm going to break it. Exactly, and I I really felt that with control. Like every time I'm shooting the gun, I'm like, ooh, like it feels like I'm really pushing through this. It's not like a real trigger on a gun. It, well, I guess I I don't I'm not experienced enough to actually say if it's. Uh, lifelike but it just feels like i'm doing dirty to my controller and i don't like it so that worries me i haven't had a drift issue yet uh the only controller i could really tell you that i have a drift is a controller i still technically own and it is my xbox 360 controller uh that i use with my pc oh yeah that one is the only one that yeah like i noticed it the most when i was doing fall fantasy 14 back in the day and I just put it down and my camera just keep panning over slowly. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like beautiful panoramic view, I guess. I know I haven't put a lot of hours in the PlayStation 5 yet, but I feel like one of my controllers might have this issue. I feel like there's... If I play with the stick enough and I try to like, you know, let it go where it has the potential to stick, I feel like I could get it to have that drift issue. It's not like if it's set in the default position, no, the character won't be moving, but it feels like it's, it's, it's got like, if there's a little bit of resistance, it will get stuck, you know, if I'm not paying attention. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I've gone through so many controllers in the past, but uh, like PS4, I think I've gone through about four or five controllers. <laughs> so, but yeah, this one's like right out of the gate and I think I'm seeing this a little bit, but like I said, I haven't played it enough to really tinker around with it but yeah it's a little new for me too like it's hard to say what's going to happen to my controller in the next few months but i don't know i feel confident it's fine i went through a few ps4 controllers but primarily i had one ps4 controller just straight was wonky uh just connectivity issues uh it wouldn't take certain inputs randomly so i didn't know what it was found out it was just that controller mm -hmm. Stopped using it. Otherwise, I think the other controllers were only just because of battery issues. It's also weird. It's weird for them to do this whole class action lawsuit thing because it's like, is PlayStation not honoring uh, warranty replacements? Like, every time I've had issues with controllers, if they were still under warranty, you just create a ticket, send it in the mail, get a new one back or a fixed one back. It's gone through. So I don't know how they could do this 
when they don't haven't given Sony a chance to even attempt to fix the controllers, you know? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it seems a little soon to be having Yeah, this. it just seems like they saw the other two cases and maybe they're making footway so they figured they just, you know, yeah. join the bandwagon. If Sony was sitting there saying, "Well, you bought it, live with it." Then I would say, "Yeah, maybe a lawsuit," but I don't think Sony's doing that because they've always been pretty good at responding to the ones that I've gone in for warranty replacements. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. I mean, but I, I don't. I, I hope it doesn't go through. Like, it, just people send a ticket, send a ticket, <laughs> get get it fixed. It was pretty easy when I did it. So, mm-hmm. speaking of controllers left in a neutral position, that's what happened when people stopped playing Anthem. Uh, this one's number five, and it comes from Bloomberg itself, uh, Jason Schreier. And we found out this week that Electronic Arts is to decide the fate of Anthem. Uh, sounds like the couple of heads at uh, EA are going to kind of look into the progress of Anthem 2.0 or whatever fancy name they wanted to give it, uh, and they're going to decide if the production will triple. Uh, from the 30 people that are currently working on it to continue to actually release this next version. Or if they don't think it's worth it, they're basically just going to call it quits. And uh, yeah, we might not be getting any more Anthem, which I don't know about you, Chris, but I am okay with. Um, I liked the idea of it um, when it worked. I did enjoy my time playing it. It's just there was like not much to do. Like there's just the story was way too short. There's filler in the game. There was nothing exceptional to like go for because at the time when I played it, when it first came out, there wasn't any like rarity really to any of the the items and weapons and stuff. You're just trying to get that higher number, right? Gotta get that higher number stat. And I didn't have too many bugs. I mean, other than like, it's not really a bug, but it's just the really bad load times oh my god so i mean i would like to see because i like the idea of being iron man <laughs> so it's like yeah that's the only thing i i don't want to go away but yeah i mean this 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 was kind of a wreck of a game so it's just ah uh, it had so much potential this was one of the rare games of a service that i somewhat enjoyed like I didn't even have a lot of friends playing this. In fact, I think I only had one at the time and I still ended up playing like at least 60 hours of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I hit end game. I was pretty close to maxing out. I can't even remember what the score was in that one, but uh, yeah, I was doing pretty good in it. Uh, but then, yeah, you just hit that grind where you're like, okay, I'm really just replaying the last mission of the game. Uh, on repeat and with all the load screens with having to go back to the base every time it wore pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, and those were long load times. So help us. even on SSD. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what I, I like. I'm okay with it going away. Like, I just, I don't, I have a hard time. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not impossible, right? Everyone always brings up No Man's Sky, uh, Fallen Fantasy 14, or Realm Reborn. Like, there are, you know, underdogs that, you know, they prevail in the end, second chances, all this talk. And, like, I, I guess that we all just want to, like, hope, like, that redemption story works. But with this one, I just think we have so many games of a service. We see so many of them failing, like Marvel's Avengers this year. You know, I always bring up how that lost Square $70 million. We're talking about, like, Marvel's property. Like, how, how did you do this? And I also wonder if this is just fatigue in that genre. Like, are we finally hitting a point where we have enough games of a service games that... You know, you hear all the time people are like, oh, I want to try to keep up with the division, but I'm really falling behind on Destiny 2. Uh, but I'd really like to get back to this. And I'm just like, do we need Anthem right now? Yeah, you're right on that. I think this game, there's too many like it for it for it to pull any people back in. It, even if it had a sequel, maybe. There's no, I don't think there's any way that this this game Anthem can revive itself to being something that people are going to start playing again. Whereas I think mm-hmm. No Man's Sky... I think at the time was a fairly, fairly unique concept of a gameplay where it's like there's potential to bring people in even afterwards because there's still not quite 
anything like it. They're, I mean, they're they're out there, but not to that extent. So yeah. it's like I think it was unique enough to that it it worked out perfectly. Whereas if it, if it was like a game that had three or four different versions of it out, I it could have just as easily died as well. And I think there's just too many versions of Anthem that style out where you can't pull people back in. Oh, and I like I again I actually like this game. I like the combo system. Mm-hmm. I, I like the combat. The flying was actually spectacular. Um, you know, it just felt right. Uh, the controls were good. I, I had very little issue with gameplay itself. It was just everything else around it. Well, like you said, it wasn't a final game. Mm-hmm. It felt like a pre-alpha. Story parts were in in the wrong order. There's just no substance. Yeah, and they just didn't know how to market this game either right They're, everyone expected and maybe it was people's fault you know upselling the game that they weren't promised but a lot of people are like bioware game i'm gonna have like choices in my dialogue and it's like with the games of a service that'd be really hard to do yeah people like that wouldn't fall for that thing ever again oh wait cyberpunk we all did it again <laughs> i you know i'm one of those people i've learned not to I, I have learned no more pre-orders yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, it, it, like unless it's something super specific, like Insomniac and Spider-Man Two. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, Exclu- exclusives um, maybe only. Exclusives only potentially. Yeah, but even then, I'm just like, you know what? I, I can uh, with how fast the PS5 downloads. Uh, like, do I really need preloading? Yeah. So do I need a pre-order at all? Like, I think I definitely just to start. You know, actually walk you know doing what i actually say yeah i think i need to stop pre-ordering anything and just be like no no you finish the game then you get my money moving on to more playstation centric news we have number six this one comes from destructoid hbo rummages through the many corpses of game of thrones to cast joel and ellie for the last of a show that hbo max is currently working on uh, we found out this week that uh, Pedro Pascal has been uh, chosen to play the Joel the ad- in the adaptation of the game. And we also found out that Bella Ramsey, who uh, played the spunky young... I don't even know what the hell she was. She was like uh, a warden or something. I don't know. But she was also from the Game of Thrones show. And I know people loved her in the... I can't remember if it was the second last season or she appeared in the last season but people loved her when she was on screen anyway uh so yeah that's kind of like fun news not much to talk about here uh but if you enjoyed them in game of thrones then guess what you get to see him again i I mean pedro pascal's on fire with his career lately he's popping up in everything so for me it's like is he a little overexposed maybe but in the same sense like that doesn't bother me. I don't care if you've been in, you know, look at Nick Cage. He still does stuff I'll watch. So <laughs> overexposed means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. So are you interested in the last of us TV series? Like they haven't said much about the story and what, it's, I, like I'm hoping it's like right from the beginning of the game or even like a little bit before the game, but are you yeah. interested in this story? I'm interested in being interested. Um, I, you know, I'm not holding my breath for it. Like video game stuff rarely comes out solid. Like there's a lot going for it. It's got like the guy directed Chernobyl. Um, it sounds like he really wanted this. So, you know, that means he's like, you know, that gives me optimism because he's passionate about the project. So odds are it's probably going to be good. And HBO rare misses. They put the money behind things when they... They yeah, they they seem to be confident with everything they do. So there's there's like hope for it for sure. I just yeah, I, I don't know. Like because the Last of Us two, I just don't really feel like I'm in love. And the the worst for, thing for me personally, like I know I can't speak for everyone, but I, I hear Neil Druckmann's involved, so I I, <laughs> I kind of roll my eyes and I'm like, oh god, what's he gonna do now? <laughs> I'm a little scared. People are just gonna be trying to compare it too much to like The Walking Dead or something, and and mm. then it ends up just being like another type of walking dead series, which don't get me wrong. There's the series is decent and there's a lot of people that watch it, but I, I think people are going to try to like choose one or the other. You'll have all the fans of the last of us watching it. And then mm. it, is it going to be enough to pull in other audiences? I, I I don't know. Yeah. I'm just a little worried. It's a little samey too. Cause did you finish the Mandalorian? No, I feel like it's the same, same situation. Like, um, 
here's a guy that doesn't want to be a dad wants nothing to do with this thing given to him and i'm talking about baby yoda and then throughout the thing or like the timeline if you will he grows to become the dad and care for this thing that's the last of us <laughs> like that's Sally. like joel's you know he loses his own daughter he's closed off he's reserved he wants nothing to do with this little girl it's just a mission i'm just going to take her there oh my god i love her oh my god i'm going to kill everyone for this girl <laughs> it's it's kind of like he just did this role so it's kind of funny to me i'm like okay like whatever he, he walks on the set um, in his mandalorian suit <laughs> yeah he's like oh shit was this not the same show it's like Okay, we're going on with more fun, uplifting news. This one's number seven, comes from Game Informer. Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher hacked data reportedly sold after CD Projekt Red refuses demands. Earlier this week, CD Projekt Red issued a statement that the studio would not be caving to demands of a hacking group that stole source code from Cyberpunk 2077, Gwent, and The Witcher 3. After its statement went public, the hacking group has reportedly sold off the data they have obtained. Kella is a cybersecurity firm that just posted a few screenshots from a forum that revolves around hacked data called Exploit. It is in those screenshots of an auction of the alleged collected data with the result being a request from the buyer in question. According to both Kella and another cybersecurity account called BX Underground, the auction is closed and the data has effectively been sold. For context, the news of the data hacking broke on February 9th when CD Projekt Red posted a screenshot of the message it received regarding the stolen data. In quotes, we will not give in to the demands nor negotiate with the actor being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of the compromised data, responding CDPR. We are taking necessary steps to mitigate the consequences of such a release, in particular by approaching any parties that may be affected due to the breach. The Polish studio is in talks with local law enforcement and the president of the Personal Data Protection Office as part of an ongoing investigation. It's unclear who purchased the breach data, but according to the initial threat, it also included an unreleased version of The Witcher 3 and documentation that could mean immense harm to the developers that work at that studio. Interesting story. Yeah, it sounds like uh, for those unfamiliar, basically, they got a lot of source code leaked and stolen. Shouldn't say leaked, just stolen. And basically, it included a lot of the stuff, Cyber like Witcher 3, Cyberpunk, Gwent. Uh, also notably uh, absent from the article is uh, Witcher 3, like the updated version apparently also was stolen. So the one with ray tracing, all that stuff that we were promised that we probably won't see because now they're working on just the massive misstep that was cyberpunk. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that's honestly what they're trying to threaten them with. Looking through this, there's so many questions I have. And like, do I trust that any of this really is what it, they say it is. Uh, you know, it does sound like they were hacked. Okay, great. I, I get that. But like, who wants this? What what could you possibly use this for? If, if you have, you know, they were uh, supposedly, they were asking for like a, the, the start, the auction at like a million dollars, right? Well, who has a million dollars that's in the gaming community that would get any benefit from this that it's not going to get caught by using any of the sources. And yeah, like, is there going to be some group out there that is going to buy it and then it's like, we're going to open our own gaming company and it's going to be running right off of that source code and we're just going to improve yeah, it. which like, like, you're going to get found out get right caught. away. Like it's yeah, so, like, I just, I actually cannot for the life of me find any point to this at all. Like, I, like who would even want this? Why they would want this? Um, like, because it's not even something, like, what are you going to do? Take a JPEG of the source code and frame it on your wall. And you're like, I bought that. It's mine. You know, like, so I'm like, okay, great. You did it. And then like, I don't know. There's just so many other weird things. Like when you look into like how this was done, they had it in an auction, but then they took it off auction. Cause like, oh, we had someone that addressed us privately and said he was willing to pay it. I'm like, no, what you had was no one willing to give you a million dollars. So I feel like some guy who had like a lot of time on his hands, just like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you give me everything. And they're like, well, that's more than we had before. <laughs> like, cause honestly, like, I just, I don't understand who would spend this money. Uh, it just seems like everyone's a loser in this thing. And like, we like taking shots at CD project red right now. Cause like cyberpunk was a mess. 
Uh, they lied. They got caught. They lied some more about being caught. It, it, it's a whole thing. But this, you know, uh, this is stupid. Like what they did was just juvenile. Even the, you know, they left them a message and even says like in quotes, they literally say, you've been epically pwned. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so a six-year-old hacked them? How do you auction off digital goods? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. get that either. It's like, okay, I sold it to you. I'm going to send it to the cloud and then you can download it. And I kept a copy. So like, you, why would you, why would you not make a copy? And that's why they're saying like most of these cases uh, where you are asked for money for, to get whatever stolen back, uh, they end up releasing anyway. And that's probably why CD Projekt Red just said like, you know, yeah. a big F you because you know, they kind of knew where this is going to go. And that's where like some of these hackers kind of shot themselves in the foot. It's like, if you're just going to release it anyway, you know, obviously we're going to see a repeating pattern here. Like you're, you're not getting money the traditional way anymore, yeah, buddy. Transfer them 20 cents and hope that law enforcement can track it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like again, CD project red, they did some bad things. I think we've done enough. <laughs> Leave them you alone. Know, like, Leave yeah, CD this project point, alone. Just like, <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just it is what it is i just feel like these guys are kind of lame uh what they're doing is stupid it's illegal and honestly like hopefully they get caught and you know i'm hearing that they're working with authorities now so let's get serious on their ass we got number eight this one also comes from game informer and uh epic's meta human creator allows developers to create high fidelity human models in a fraction of the time Epic Games has pulled the curtain back on MetaHuman Creator, its upcoming character creation app used for sculpting highly realistic human models for use in video games. The streamlined service is designed to expedite the game development workflow for studios of all sizes by allowing creators to create next-gen caliber models in fraction of the time. According to Epic's blog post, uh, the technology condenses weeks or months of character design to less than an hour. How it works is that the engine draws from a large cloud database of different human appearances and motions. MetaHuman then blends those variants together in an epic, puts it, plausible data constrained way, uh, whatever the hell that means. Users can begin to begin by selecting preset faces and build one from there. Models are constructed using 30 different hairstyles, 18 proportion body types, and various clothing options. The best part, all of this work can be done in a browser. Uh, so yeah, very interesting news. Uh, me and Chris have both watched the video now. I believe there's two of them. If you're interested, you should really check out. Uh, it's quite amazing. Like I heard a couple people complain. They're like, well, this isn't totally realistic. You know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you can kind of see the cracks in it. It's still whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's not the point. The point is that Yes, it's, it's going to save you a lot of work making characters. And especially, I would say almost for smaller studios, this is going to be a godsend. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And, like, and we were talking about before, like, not that they're going to, they, you know, they, they specialize in good effects on their self. But like we were saying, Quantic Dream, like this would be amazing for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is an extremely cool tool. Uh I highly recommend everybody go to the website Game Informer and look this one up, MetaHuman Creator, because the video is really cool. Or go on YouTube, the video's there too. Um, it just looks really good. And I think it, it also mentions too that you can obviously do motion capture and apply it to those character models, I think too, right? It said something like that? Yes. Uh, basically, it says once your model is done, users can download it, fully rigged and ready for animation to import into other programs for continued work. Epic plans to hold an early access period in the coming months, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, basically, you even get to download your character and do mocap, uh, animate it any way you want. Uh, this is, I don't know, it's really smart. Smart for them as an engine. It's like, you know, if you can entice people with this, then like odds are they're going to use Unreal Engine as well, yeah. right? It's... And like... Yeah, I... I mean, it might sound limited with like 30 different hairstyles and 18 proportion body types, but I'm sure there's going to be more. And Oh, yeah. for sure. The more success, if this does bring in more people and they see it being useful and working to bring more money their way, I mean, they're going to support it, obviously, yeah. right? Really cool. I look forward to seeing uh, some people start using it, just even in just tests, just to play around with the tool. Because I... I 
well, looks I, cool. I fully intend to use it. Uh, I think uh, for family get-togethers, I'm just going to have this guy show up on an <laughs> iPad, just modeled after up. myself, and hopefully he can just take care of it so I don't have to go to things anymore. <laughs> Who's ready for some controversy? We have number nine. This one comes from Destructoid, and we give it to Chris. Over a decade after its cancellation, the controversial Six Days in Fallujah is back in development. This article comes from Destructoid. Over a decade ago, Konami announced that it was working with developer Atomic Games on a new tactical shooter, Six Days in Fallujah, which would recount the real-life story of the Second Battle of Fallujah, a horrifying urban conflict that took place in the winter of 2004 as part of the Iraq War. It remains mired in controversy to this day. In the face of negative publicity, and despite Konami's insistence its title would present a respectful and non-sensationalized documentary of the brutal encounter, the plug was pulled on the project in 2009. Today, 11 years since the unfinished release was consigned to the vault, Publisher Victura and developer Highwire Games have announced their intentions to reboot the project, reopening development on Six Days of Fallujah with an eye to releasing the cancelled title on PC and consoles later in 2021. Perhaps preempting the return of negative press, Victura stresses that Highwire is working closely with over 100 former and current soldiers who were involved in the Battle of Fallujah with the aim of ensuring that the game is the most authentic military shooter to date. With the game's narrative and characters telling these military and civilian stories with the integrity they deserve, Victura will release further information about the game in the coming weeks and months. Uh, so, ooh, this one's a doozy. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we watched the trailer. It was about three minutes. It kind of goes in and out, uh, talking with some of the uh, veterans that were there. Um, and then it doesn't show any gameplay per se, mostly a cinematic that looks okay. It looks pretty good, but I feel like this one, I feel like this game is going to be, might be like a really good, interesting story because there's not too many, mm. I can't, I'm trying to think of other first person shooters that are like truly based off of something. I mean, there's a lot of like the Call of Duties, the early ones and some of that, but this one, we haven't had a, a real story game shooter in quite a while. Yeah, like you're used to seeing all the World War Two ones, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, let's storm Normandy again, again and, and again, again. again. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know. I don't think it was based off reality, but I know a lot of people loved the. I think it was Battlefield when they went. To, they did the World War One one version. Oh yeah. And they they had little stories there. And again, I don't know if it's reality. I I can't remember honestly. But people just loved those little short little stories of these people and the hardships and so on. I did remember people claiming that the first one seemed to be funded by the military itself, which then got called out for, you know, almost like it's um, a sign, like a registry kind of tactic where we're just trying to get people hyped into the military. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do that here. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to stay out of the controversial look of it and not just say, oh, yeah, like you're for sure, uh, you know, doing bad stuff here you're taking advantage of something that's happened recent you're you know bad feelings uh there's just so much negative press about this uh and i also am just curious why you know the bungee like founders are the ones doing this like why after all these years even do this at all like it's not like anyone was talking about this game and demanding it come back from the dead yeah yeah it'll be interesting we'll see how they how they take it and yeah, this is another one of those patented, like, Chris, I need to see more to know more. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the interesting, like, documentary side of it because you see parts where they're talking about, it's like, you know, they're talking about, you know, they know how to deal with soldiers when they get home type thing, but you don't know what they went through and that they feel yeah. that this game is going to be a good way to truly get off what they want or how they want you to feel in that situation where you feel like if I break this door down, I could get shot and die. Yeah. And they need to really, I don't know. I don't even know how you do this tastefully because there's just so many things where, uh, you know, I try to think about like, okay, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to do this very much about the soldiers themselves because you know, that war is like pretty close to home. And then it's not like it wasn't done for the right reasons. So like, 
you know, I, I don't want this to come out and be like, oh, they're war heroes. Cause it's like, well, like this whole thing's kind of dirty from the get go, but like, you know, them just being soldiers, like, I don't know. It's not like they take the fault on that too. So it's like, they still have these hardships. You can't take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard. I don't I don't want to say too much because I feel like I just get myself in trouble. But the, and the interesting thing to point out too is that the studio, as far as what we could tell, they've only released one other game in the past, and it was a VR game. So mm. is are they going to go for that immersion, and this will be actually a VR title? Um, that could be something. There are some decent shooter VR games out there, but they're more arcadey, I guess. So having yeah. a really serious story. If it's saying it's coming to consoles, I'm going to say if it had VR, it would be optional. Probably, yeah. But just, yeah, if you're, if you're coming out, like, they don't specify which consoles, but I, I figure if you're coming out to, like, current gen, which is, you know, what we call next gen is technically current gen, then uh, you're probably not going to have VR since they don't have that capability. <laughs> So that is all of our nine news articles. So that means, like usual, we're going to homework. What is homework? Homework is where we get to the stuff that we didn't have time for in the show. So we put it in the homework category, which is just where we tell you what the articles are, why they're interesting, why you should go educate yourselves. And then, yeah, we just give you the kind of uh, the know-how to where to find it. So anyway, we're going to get into it. I believe we only have three anyway, so uh, should be short and sweet. Homework article number one is Division 2. This one's from IGN. Division 2 Ubisoft Massive confirms more content is planned for 2021. The reason I put this in homework is not that it's major news, but I do know that a lot of people were concerned with what's going on with Division 2's, you know, post-content launch uh, now that it's been revealed that they're working on a Star Wars game. Uh, But yeah, basically they came out and said, hey, we're a big enough team that we can do Star Wars and still work on more content for Division 2. So if you're a Division 2 fan, guess what? Don't worry. Don't stress out. You're going to get more stuff uh, and apparently more stuff coming this year, in fact. Uh, Moving on from that article, we got homework number two. Do you want to take this, Chris? Yeah, second article from thegamer.com. We have a community poll suggests as many as 2 million cyberpunk players have requested refunds. Um, I'm guessing this is not a surprise. Uh, 2 million seems like a pretty decent number. Uh, but for the people who are like trying to play on PS4, uh, <laughs> that's their only option is to refund it. So uh, it's not a surprise that it hit this number. No, it's, uh, I'm just happy people that needed refunds are able to get them, you know, more power to you. And, uh, hopefully they get this game sorted out soon. I haven't actually, now that we talked about it, I haven't heard much about the February, you know, we're getting, we're at the midpoint of February. So it's interesting. We haven't heard anything about the next major patch that they talk about. Yeah, no, we haven't heard any announcement yet from cyberpunk, uh, or from CD project red, I should say. Uh, of uh, the February update that was promised. It's supposed to be a second major one. Uh, but the last one also came pretty close to the end of January as well. So it came to uh, the end, but I believe they at least said like, hey, like we're calling like, you know, we're calling it 1.1 and we're going to touch on these. Yeah. You know, they didn't give us specific patch notes, but they still were at least saying like, yeah, we're still on track. We're going to get this to like, blah, I blah, fully blah. will make a prediction that we'll probably hear something from them this week. Hopefully. I think you're right. We'll probably talk about it in the next Yeah, show. last time they gave 10 days notice before it came out, so we're, we're about that mm-hmm. date again, so. And then more on uplifting homework number three is from Game Informer, and it talks about Final Fantasy XIV's PS5 open beta launches this spring. Uh, I believe they mentioned something about April. Uh, you can read more about yourself, but if you're a fan of the Final Fantasy 14 series like I am, I'm not, you know, a diehard, but I always come in enough to play the initial content of the, like, new uh, expansions. So I'm looking for the next one. Uh, and I'm interested, I might pick it up on the PS5. I'm hearing that you're going to get a next-gen upgrade for free, if I'm understanding it right, which conveniently i believe all the the current game and all these expansions for the ps4 are currently on sale right now uh so i might do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I enjoyed ff14 i mean i only played the the base story which is only a small dip of your toe into it but 
I had a lot of fun with it yeah. in the little that we played. The thing with MMOs is like I just I got to dedicate my time that if that's what I'm paying for for that month, that's all I'm playing for that month. <laughs> so yeah. I don't have time anymore right now. So but yeah, that is it for all our homework. We finished in a somewhat timely fashion that we almost like, uh, maybe a little bit longer actually, but uh, don't tell mom. Uh, so anyway, we're done. That's all our articles. Thanks for joining us yet again for another Monday and we will see you the next Monday. Uh, goodbye. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment has been issued a patent for the Nemesis AI system found in Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor and its secret. And its secret? <laughs> what does that even mean? Nobody knows. It's prerogative. <laughs> it gets the people <laughs> going. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't even understand what that's supposed to mean. I guess maybe it's the secret. Maybe they mean the secret formula to the Nemesis system, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> what is it what does that even mean nobody knows what it means gets the people moving yeah if i have a, a cyber hacker they're not good with guns mm. why are you making me do this yeah, yeah. you get one of the good old times. characters and they're like shaking with the gun <laughs> it's like you can't anything it's like that's just uh that's just a packet of tic tacs like what are you doing <laughs> oh god yeah they're like it's like i don't want your orange things <laughs> tripping <Yeah>. on meds <laughs> you, you're like watch is going off it's like did you take your your pills this morning it's like oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> does anyone have some water i can't take these pills without water jump, jump in the river <laughs> People that can take pills without water are not real people. No. I argue they are the lizard people that we've been yep. looking for. Yeah. Yeah.